and we are live coming to you from Townstone Studios here in Chicago. Uh, NMLS number 136639. Um, welcome back, Barry. You've had an excursion across across the globe here. Um, you want to tell our audience where you are? No. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but, uh, we have, we've been away for, I think, two weeks now. Um, so really wanted to kind of start with just a, a mortgage uh, and real estate market update. Um, 10-year Treasury uh, did take a little dip below 4% um, earlier last week. Um, but now it's looking like this 4 to 4.2 range might be a, a, a new normal. Um, 4.16 right now. Yeah. Um, there's some, you know, things pushing it. It was trying to dip and stay below four, but... Well, uh, the, the number one reason is there's too much supply right now. The the, the federal government is ref is uh, selling billions and billions of bonds to uh, pay for our debt. And so... So wait, we have... Over we have the last so three so to four weeks, I think, record amount of... Ten, uh, ten treasury sales? treasuries have been sold. Yeah. So and wait. there's and there's still more to come. I mean, I'm not I'm not a genius when it comes to this. So you're saying in order to pay for our debt, it sounds like we're selling the as a government, we're selling more debt. That we are. So to pay for yesterday's debt, we're selling more today, and uh, is that something new for you to understand? Well, I just <laughs> saying it out loud. It seems so it we seems do. very short sighted. Um, That's kind of kicking the can down the road. But well, the dumb part was when rates were really, really low. We should have sent. We should have, you know, sold fifty-year bonds and forty-year bonds and everything. And we were still issuing ninety-day paper, two-year notes, and short-term paper, and it would just made no sense. And 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 many people questioned that, but that's what they did. So. So is it, do you think at least inflation in the short term is? Uh, do we have a handle on that, or is that? Um, it's a good question. Wage inflation is a problem. I don't know, you know, you know, uh, other other products, agriculture wise. The people out there, they cars. hear, they want, they, they, if they're listening, it's like they want their wages to go up. Why, why do do they not? You know, it's like you're because well, then again, that gets passed on to the consumer when you buy something. So it's not, it's not like it, it's not taken out of company profits normally because when they, you're they pass yeah, it on because you're not talking about you know john smith who's listening right now that you know his individual raise the you know if he got a 10 percent raise this year well, it's usually that not doesn't contribute not, to the economy but it's usually it's, not one if person everybody gets a higher wage um that that's still you say with the you know that puts pressure upward pr pricing pressure so it's like he still can buy the same amount of goods and services if everyone's income basically went up 10%. It's not like he gets to buy 10% more than he did the year before. Um, uh, you know, it all goes hand in hand. Um, I mean, I still think at some point here in the fourth quarter, we're going we're gonna to hit, you know, a roadblock here and, 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 and go towards recession territory. I mean, I, I don't, just don't see how you can raise... Interest rates five hundred to six hundred basis points in a you know twenty to twenty four month period, 
and not have an extreme negative effect. I mean, and, and unintended consequences occurring maybe in the banking system or some other things that, you know, we're not. Right. Well, no one's questioning that the, that's going to happen. That'll, that'll whole, put us into a recession. The whole point of increasing rates is to slow the economy down. And then the debate becomes, well, what kind of recession is this that, you know, a soft landing, a hard landing, a crash landing? Listen, the, the number one warning light that's being flashed right now is, as of last week, credit card companies, you know, reported over a trillion dollars in debt. And that so, yes, people are spending, but you and I always, you know, generally speaking, agree on this, that they're, they're spending not from their earnings, they're spending on their credit cards. Right. They're increasing their debt loads. Because during so. COVID, that was a, an unusual time when we had the you know PPP and people were getting uh, increased unemployment. We saw a huge increase in the average savings rate of uh, for Americans. That has since been depleted and gone the other way. Um, so the savings rate and the amount in, in the average person's savings account is lower than during COVID. And the amount and balance of the average credit card is higher. Um, now, that's not good news if you are one of the, those people that have noticed, you know, you've been paying the monthly minimums and your credit card balances are higher. Um, it, it, it might not be nice to, you know, to do it, but open up your mail this, this month and take a look at that rate um, because it is not going to be pretty. Uh, and what you can do right now is I did want to bring up the products that have been some of the most popular for the last year, two years, have been our home equity loans and our home equity lines. Um, there are differences between the programs. But in effect, it is letting you take the equity out of your home because home prices, home values have not seen the decrease or a decrease at all that you'd expect from, you know, a recession, not yet at least. Um, so you can take advantage of the equity you've already have in your home and take that cash out, consolidate it into a single payment uh, at a lower rate than is accruing on your credit cards with a home equity loan, a home equity line of credit. Um, even if you own your home free and clear and you don't have a mortgage on it, you may think to yourself, oh, I don't want to have a mortgage on my property. It can absolutely make financial sense to take that cash out of your property instead of paying the interest to Visa and MasterCard and Amex because that rate is um, obscene, those credit card rates. Right. I mean, they're, and they're, upper, you know, they're, they're over 20%, most of them. And the home equity loans right now are around 10%. So you can save 10, you know, almost 10% on taking money out. Um, there's another factor, which, you know, older Americans are on fixed incomes and have a lot of equity in their house. So, and we haven't talked about reverse mortgages in a while, but, you know, if you have a family member, a mother or a father or a friend or, whatever that's you know that's older and living on a fixed income with the inflation and everything and has all their money tied up into their house and doesn't want to leave their house um, definitely give us a call on a reverse mortgage yep um, you know you can take out generally speaking what do you want to say in the 50, low 40 40 mid 40 40 percent age depend yeah. on the age but let's say in the middle 40 percent range of the value of your house you can get that money and 
you know, live off that money and be able to stay in your house and pay your bills and things of that nature. So I know reverse mortgages, especially with the, the amount of people that are reaching the age of, you know, retirement age right now is, is very high in the United States. And the the equity, we're talking about the equity in your house for the home equity loan, um, but also the equity in your house if you're over 62 and a half for a reverse mortgage. Right. Um, the older and, you are, the better. And there's one sentiment that I'm reading a lot about online that I kind of want to give a little pushback on. And it's it's people that are saying, you know, now with these higher interest rates, you know, I can rent a place for twenty five hundred dollars where why would I buy it when my mortgage is going to be three thousand dollars? You know, aren't I saving by renting versus owning? Um, and in the short term, you can absolutely be right there. But my little pushback is... Well, you're not getting any equity. Out one, of, yeah, well, that's I mean, a given when you rent, you're, you're, you're not getting any equity. You're 3000 The problem is with that with that scenario, and I and I read so many articles when, when I was out of town here about not buying a house and this and that, is that the three the $2,500, you are giving away, it's gone. You don't see a penny of that. When you make a $3,000 mortgage payment, a portion of that, and yes, it's not a large portion, but still a portion of it, is principal and it's going back to you. I mean, you're paying yourself. Basically. So, so, but, but, but even that aside, if you're just looking at at it at a month to month basis, when you lock in a 30 year fixed rate mortgage, you have a principal and interest payment that isn't going to change for the life of the loan for 30 years. When you sign a lease, most of those are for only one year versus 30 years. So this year, yeah, it might be $2,500. What happens next year when your landlord says, it's $2,750 now? And the following year, he's like, you know, they they say, now it is $3,000. You're like, oh, well, that's the same as when I owned. Well, the following year, now it goes up to $33. And, and, and now higher. you've missed your opportunity. You, I mean, you could still buy in that case, but you're more, you know... It, Basically, it's like you can lock in a payment now um, that never changes as long as you're staying in that property. That principal and interest never changes on you versus short-term thinking where maybe you can save some money for a year, two, maybe three. Um, but once you think you're going to stay somewhere for at least four or five years, I don't think there's any calculation that you can do where it makes more sense to, to rent than to buy, um, even in this current environment. And there's people out there saying, yeah, but, you know, wait, wait for rates to fall. One, you don't know that rates will fall. And two, if rates do fall, Barry, I predict home prices would go up even more because if the current rate environment is supporting this level of home prices, if we see a dip in interest rates, that's only going to increase demand. If you think it's a tough market out there as a buyer, it's only going to be tougher when rates are lower. Because, you know, right now, people, you know, just using a round number, you know, let's say you're planning on a 7% mortgage. You're competing right now with either cash buyers and other mortgage buyers that are all planning on 7%. People that need it to be at 5.5%, they got priced out when rates went out, you know, went up past five and a half percent. But if it drops back down to five and a half percent, they're back in the pool competing with you. And if you buy at seven percent 
and then a year or two down the line, rates are now back to 5.5%. Guess what? You can refinance and take advantage of the lower rate, but you already locked in kind of that peak interest rate that if it goes up to 8 9 10%, you don't have to deal with it. And if it drops, you get to take advantage of it. And you, then you're not also competing in a buyer's market. in that Because, again, I think real estate prices and interest rates are correlated. And if we have a drop in mortgage interest rates, we're only going to see further increases to, to housing prices. Um, I am a little surprised. You don't know that for sure. I am a little surprised that the housing market has held on like it has well, there's with a, the higher rates. Lack of supply. There's been a lack of supply for how many years now? The builders aren't haven't built enough house how have not built enough houses, and in certain sectors of the market, especially the lower to middle end of the market. There's been virtually no building whatsoever, so it's not keeping up with population growth, and that's just the facts. But, but all all I can say though is lowered rates are not a factor that would go into a decreasing housing well, I could, market. I mean, it would I not could cause that. I could take the other side of it and say decreasing rates would allow more supply of houses to come on the market, more sure. people to sell. And if more people sell and there's but more they're supply, also, but they're back in, they're th buying. If if, if the uh, reason, if the know. higher rates are what's stopping people from selling, then lower rates, because now like they're back in the buying pool with you. It's not. I don't lower think rates lower rates would, rates would increase supply. Should increase supply, but it would also increase demand. True. By by the same amount, if not more. You need to go to Econ 101 and teach a class. <laughs> economics is all theory, and my theory of economics would have said the that home prices would have fallen when the 30-year fixed hit 7%. Um, they didn't, so I guess my theory goes they would have just kept going up if, if we had sustained that lower interest rate environment. Inflation would have just continued running rampant, um, and home prices would have just continued going up. So the slowdown in increasing home prices, you can I would attribute partly to the higher interest rate environment. Um, but don't you think people are getting used to rates being at this level? It's been now about a year. Obviously, right now we're in the sevens, which we're at the higher end. But, you know, aren't people getting used to this number? I mean, obviously, you've done a bunch of prequels. I've done a bunch of prequels. People looking for houses. I mean, eventually, it becomes the norm, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Right. That 6 and 7% is what interest rates are. And in your mind, when you said, well, during the pandemic, it was 3%. Well, that was a short period of time that, you know, ended and now we're back to more normalization of rates and this is where we're probably going to be at. I mean, I, I you know, unless we hit a recession and I think we'll hit a recession if there's some unintended consequences here it, with banking I don't with, think with unintended. With I think it's commercial intended, real estate and things like no, I don't think the Federal Reserve wants a big crash coming. They don't want to crash, but no. they do. I think they want a recession, a short recession, you know. Possibly correct. For yeah. a couple of quarters. Um, but uh, I think either way, yes, my buyers are, are 
comfortable and they're qualifying with the higher interest rates. It's just the lack of supply is is, is absolutely a factor. Um, I mean, I will tell you that you know I got home yesterday uh, on Friday, and I w- you know I was running with Reed yesterday, and for the first time, you know near my house, right? I saw four or five for sale signs, and we haven't had four or five for sale signs in a very very long time. I'm not saying that that's you know all you know everywhere here, but you know we're rolling into August here. Um, I think some of the people that were hoping. You know, it's going to be two years because we started going up two years ago in September is when the rates started going up. So we're going on 24 months, basically, of, of, of mortgage rate increases. How's that? Yeah. I'll say it that way. Mortgage rate increases rather than when the Federal Reserve started to raise. And it looks to me that some of these people are accepting the fact that this is where we're at. It's time to move. I can't keep waiting. Um, and we'll have to see what prices, you know, do. I, I tend to disagree with you that if rates went down, I don't think housing prices would go up. I, I, I disagree with that. I, I think whenever there's more supply on the market for houses, it's harder for it to go back. It's, it's hard for it to, to go up. Uh, I'm not saying it won't go sideways. When there's no supply on there and you got 20 people looking at one house because there's only one available, you know, that's what's happening now and that's you know, created the, 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 the table underneath, you know, prices here so that they can't go further down because there's so much, there's so many, so many people bidding on the house, but sure. Um, but at I, least but I don't think it'll what's going to make, decrease I guess the question to, for you is what do you see making rates go down? What, and, and I'm not saying go back down the six and a half percent. I'm saying go back in the 5% range. What is going to make rates go back well, down in be, the near term? That would be one cause to the other, and that would be you know the recession and people losing their jobs, and without any change, job losses and out any correct? change. Yes, without any change in rates, maybe people forced to sell their house that didn't even want to because you know a two household income went down to one or hours got cut, um, and then as a result of the recession. That's when the rates then come back down um, and help put a floor, you know, if housing prices then start to fall as a result of a recession, the lower rates then kind of put a floor on those housing pricing decreases, um, making money cheaper again, making assets like stocks or homes um, more more expensive. I mean, that's just, uh, you know. Like when when you can get a zero percent car loan, the car prices are higher than when they're eight percent. Um, I think just the same kind of applies for housing. Um, I have big housing news. What is that? So in two thousand eight, the federal government took over Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. Yeah, they took it into receivership, and many people owned the actual the actual stocks. Stock. Fran- Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So. But they haven't been able to make any money since then because the government the, been- the shareholders at the time when they when they amended the stock purchase agreement lost everything, and right now two minutes ago, mm-hmm. um, uh, Washington D.C. federal jury on Monday found the U.S. Federal Housing Finance Agency improperly amended stock purchase agreements 
related to Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae in 2012 to allow the U.S. Treasury to sweep up the company's net profits and awarded the company shareholders $612 million in uh, damages. That's nothing. So and they finally got some money. They got something, but that's a drop in the bucket. Oh, yeah. For, no. for so it's not, it's not a whole lot, but the government basically took over that entity there, and if you were a stockholder, they kind of stuck it to you. Well, and, if and the so, government hadn't so. stepped in and these places went bankrupt, the stockholders do get nothing when the company goes bankrupt. Naturally, well, I guess, but they also gave money to GM and and lots of banks, and that that they didn't let that they didn't let the stockholders go to zero. So that was kind of the point, right? That they bailed out other companies, and the stockholders didn't lose yeah. all their equities. So it was a messy time, Barry. Anyway, this uh, I mean, but this has been like an eleven year eleven year old yeah fight with the the government there. So big news. Yeah. Um, so before we sign out, let's just take a look at our at our ten year uh, treasury here. As Barry said, four point uh, one six. Um, Barry's favorite stock, Nvidia, four thirty two today, up almost six percent. Um, yeah, just crazy. It's trading like over thirty percent times. Gross well, revenues well, or earnings. Sold, their, 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 their chips are sold out the, for the like chip the, of next, the, future. the next 24 months. NVIDIA is going to take your job, and they're going to take a 1,000 people's jobs and replace it with a single chip, and that's why that stock is I so mean that high. So that, that'll be the interesting thing, what happens here. How many, how many jobs can AI... Um, do replace, replace, and, and then how many new AI jobs are there? I'm telling you, I think the bigger it's threat, not going to be one to one because I, that's not efficient. I know, but I think the bigger thing that's happening right now, which I've been reading about a lot, yeah, is 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 robots, robots taking a lot of the lower level jobs, you know, being able to do monotonous jobs much much better than actually humans can do it. Absolutely, and, and, and they can do are, it twenty four hours a day without a without and uh, with a the rest a break and with the AI chip being able to learn how to do more and more skills at a faster rate. And you know, like right now, you know, you see them in the fast food industry frying French fries and flip, you know, flipping hamburgers, and out obviously in the auto industry. You know, they've been welding for years and years and years. But as that gains, you know, more and more momentum, how many people are going to, you know, be displaced? I think that's uh, the, uh, uh, the question. Uh, uh, how, how quickly does this happen? Because that, it's going to happen. That's the big question. It's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. And I think, I think we need to be weary as individuals of this and uh, demand that the displaced people get something in return because we if what, there is what are you going to give them in return like a like a universal basic income or something like this because it's like so you want to be like the french if you live in a society that has enough to provide for everybody and like the robots can just run off solar energy and they're just picking all the apples and they're making all the food and they're literally everything they're building the trains like there there could be a time where there's just no place for humans to to provide anything of value to their society 
And if you're in that society, why, like, we should all benefit from that versus just the people that own the AI or own the robots. So, because if you're born into a society like buy, that, you're maybe you should buy screwed. stock in robot companies. Yeah, I guess. But um, we're not here to give stock tips. We do know mortgages. We know real estate. Um, so if you're looking pre-qualification, um, refinance, cash out, uh, get out of that adjustable rate to something fixed, home equity lines, home equity loans, reverse mortgages, click the link in the comment section below. Um, fill out that free consultation one-on-one. Figure out reverse what is mortgage. Best. I, I, I said reverse mortgage. I said it. Um, but yeah, reverse reverse mortgages. Um, click click the link. Free consultation. It's one on one, personalized. No judgments. I don't care if you got you know fifty thousand dollar plus in credit card debt. We're just here to help save you money um, and get on the best footing for your financial future. There. Um, so yep. Click the link. Have a great rest of your week, Chicago, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, um, any other states. We love you, but we don't do business with you. Um, and have a great week. We're here and happy to help.